you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Let's do this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to throw some stuff at you very fast today. And uh, I've always had a kind of a tendency to, to talk fast, but uh, I, may, I may break record speeds today. And, uh, but I'm going to get it in you. I just believe God wants us to get some word in our hearts today. And, uh, and it's just, um, <clears throat> it's been cool. It's been cool what God has been doing. And I'm just so thankful that, again, we get to be his hands and feet. And the Lord has been showing us that through this, this series, how to do that. And I, again, it's just really neat to, to be a part of that. So I want us to do this. I want us to read uh, two verses, um, 34 and 35 of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Now, I still want you to do this because it will help me. I still want you to say amen. Come on, somebody. Bring it, Pastor. Let's do this. Let's do, don't get quiet today because, again, we're celebrating. It's because of what this is all about that we can still have hope. And, uh, and as we've seen this, the Bible says that we don't, we don't mourn as those who have no hope for the believers. So uh, let's today celebrate. Let's get into God's Word, see what He wants to do. Two verses real quick. Uh, all of these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable He did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was pro- spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Let's pray. God, I thank you today for your love for this church, for the love for every person in this room, whether they're a part of this church or not, God. You love them so much. You care for them so deeply. And God, I'm thankful today, God, for this series that you've given us. And I'm thankful for the red letters. Thankful for the red letters, God, for all they've brought us, the comfort, the challenges, the encouragement. And God, I pray today you'll do it one more time, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I, I, I did this. Uh, we are in week 26 of a series that today we are concluding and uh, called The Parable, man. I wasn't going to show that video, but I wanted to give him one more chance, man, to see it, to slide it in there one more time. And, uh, but we have been looking at things that are more than just some story. I'm saying this is more than just some story. These are things that Jesus spoke, and again, red letter, words that he said that we can draw strength from. And I tell you, I have been, I've been changed by those words. I really have been changed by the words of Jesus and what he said. But these stories are this small story that has what? A big, big idea, man. So I hope you'll read these things in that way. And I hate it's the last time I get to say that. But uh, I, again, I hope you'll grab hold of those. We'll be doing this because it's God's word and Jesus said it. We'll be going and we'll be in certain parables throughout different ways because, again, it's how Jesus taught. But uh, it has been very good to be able to do this, to take specific time and read and study and look at. I've had a blast teaching these things and sharing the words that, are, uh, that Jesus said. And uh, I sometimes get visual. I, I can see him out there on the side of a hill and sharing some of these things to people. And, and their life being changed because of it. I've heard so many testimonies, and we've seen God do some incredible things through this time, and so I'm thankful for the Word of God. I did this today. I prayed, and I asked the Lord, I said, what do you want me to do? I said, there's still about several more parables out there, and I was like, which one do you want me to speak, God? And I was praying, never got any closure on that, and I was like, what do you want me to do? And I just felt like he wanted me to do this today, take some time, and just kind of as a conclusion to this series, just reflect on some of the things that God has shown us in this, in this series. Is that cool? 
Y'all okay with that? And then we'll dunk them. Everybody good? All right, so let's just take a few moments to do this. I, I, I began to look through this list, and again, 25 different parables that we've shared, and I was like, man, I got to share that one. That's, that was good. And then I was like, man, I need to share that one, and then that one was good. And I went through, and I kept saying, that's my favorite. Each one of them was my favorite. Each one of them was just God's word and what Jesus says. So I've tried to just kind of pull some stuff and hit some stuff, and I'm going to give you a top 10 list real quick of just some of the things God showed me. But uh, he said a lot in this stuff. And again, all these are my favorite. All these messages in entirety are on uh, our iTunes and our website. Go keep getting this word in. You listen to them. But uh, today I'm going to throw some stuff at you. We're going to throw some scriptures in. And I believe this is what Jesus wants us to hear today in the parables and what God showed us. Uh, one of the parables we looked at early on was the parable of the murdered son. Okay, I don't know if you remember that, but this is, this is what Jesus said. Jesus spoke, and he's basically telling his life story to this group that had gathered around him. I mean, he was just days from getting ready to step onto a cross and, 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 be, and, and for us be beaten, be nailed to a tree, give his life so that each of us could have eternal life. Amen. Is that not cool? And can you imagine, these are the last days that he's speaking, and he begins to explain and tell this parable about this murder son. And so literally, as we enter into, this is Palm Sunday, this is the time frame in which Jesus was saying these words and, and preparing the people for this story about what was getting ready to take place. And he tells in this parable, he begins to explain to them that there was this landowner who had tenants who came and observed the land and was watching over the land. And what happened was that he sent his son. Now hear this. This is really crazy. He sent his son to collect the full payment. <clears throat> really cool. He sent his son to collect the full payment of what they owed for being a part of that land, for being a part of what he had given. And this is what's tough. They didn't give them the money. They didn't give this son what he deserved. They didn't give him, oh, man, thanks for letting us be a part of this thing. They killed him. Just, I mean, just amazing. Think about it. You own some land. You got tenants that don't recognize what you've done for them, allowing them to be a part of this thing. They continue to reject you. You send your son out there for them to receive this, and they kill him. Jesus is telling this life story about us. And in this story, we saw, and again, I'm going to hit you hard and get out. We saw that we were the guys that he sent his son for. You are the person that Jesus sent his son for. You owed a debt you couldn't pay. You were in so deep over your head, there was no company that could get you out of it. I don't know what and care what kind of consolidating they could do. I don't care what they may do. It would take someone to step in. And we see in this story that Jesus stepped in for each of us because every person in this room has sinned. Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Wow, every one of us have done that. Every one of us have fallen short of God's glory. And that's why he had to send his son. And I love in this story, Jesus makes this statement out of Luke chapter 20, verse 17. He looks at this crowd of people. And imagine this. He said, he looked at them and said, what then is it that is written? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. I believe we learned from that that he was trying to tell us that we establish and get a foundation settled forever that he's it. 
Come on. Today, some of you have been searching. You've been wondering. You've been looking. He's it. He's the one. He is the one who laid it all down. He stepped forward. And today, I believe that big idea was that we have to build. We have to get the foundation led astray and realize and remember what Jesus did for us. He came, was murdered, gave his life for a ransom for us. Good news. Amen. I'm thankful for that. So cool. We went on to see it again. I'm kind of just a, just a little thing how I believe this kind of lays out. We apply to our life. We saw parables on prayer. We saw a parable on this persistent widow. It was about prayer. It was about what he was trying to show us through prayer. It was what he was trying to teach us about prayer. Colossians 4.2 said, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. I'm telling you, if you don't get a prayer life and have a prayer life, you're not going to make it on this journey. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to, to do it. You're not going to be able to withstand. But all you have to do is this, and that's no pressure. It's a great thing that you have the opportunity to spend time with the one who created you. You get the privilege to be able to talk to him every day, boldly come into his presence and just say, God, here I am. Let your spirit just be at work in my life. We get to do that through prayer. And we hear some things, and sometimes we don't like them. We hear stuff like sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's later. We, we usually like yes if it's something that has something to do we want, you know, and we, we, we appreciate that one. But sometimes the answer is no, sometimes it's just hang on. But something God showed us in that was, was this, to be persistent. Two key words that I believe we grabbed hold of, and I've seen some of you walking in, that is don't quit. Don't stop. Don't quit this thing. You don't stop. You keep moving. You keep moving forward. And as we pray, we see God do this. We see God change our heart. So many times we want to do this. We want to pray that God's hand will change what he wants to do. That ain't why we pray. We pray to change us. That's why he says to pray for your enemies. Is it so your enemy had changed? No, it's so you'll change and still love them. Oh, come on. Come on. When they still get on your nerves, you still love them because you've been praying. When they're still not doing what you need them to do and ask them to do and believe it for and your spouse, love them. How's that going to happen? Because you get, you get serious? No, because you pray. And God changes our heart through that, and we watch him work. We learn that it is only will come through the power of the Holy Spirit. No other way. You're not going to be able to be good enough. You're not going to be able to try this thing. You're going to be able to do this through the help of the Holy Spirit. And God showed us through the message of the parable on prayer that the Holy Spirit is this. He's God, he's a gift, and he's good. Amen? He's God, he's a gift, and he's good. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, today's your day to start this. Amen? We looked at what he asked us to do with it. What do we do with this? What do we do with this, this son who came and gave his life? What do we do now that we begin to pray? Is this for us? Is this for, for what we now just have our own little thing? No. It's for us to be this, to be the revealed light that we looked at. And it was, a, it was when we were called to be the light of the world. We were singing the song dude, just a few moments ago that we're the light of the world. I mean, and that's what he called us to be. Jesus said this, John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to them saying that I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You hear that? Come on, he's the light and he puts the light on the inside of us and he comes into us and this is what happens. And I love what I get to see is in this position. I get to see people's life change forever. 
When they come in and accept this light and that light walks into them and it changes their heart, it changes their life, and we get to see that take place. And this is the deal. The light shines brightest in dark places. Man, it's an opportunity for the light of God to shine. We've seen it. We're going to get an opportunity for the light of God to shine so bright through us. Some of you are working in places that you hate, man. You're so dark, man. It is, no, it's because you're called to go in there and be light to a world. Nobody at my school lives for Jesus. Nobody at my, that means he puts you in that school to go in there and light that place up, be an example for him, and make a difference. Make a difference. That's what he's called us to do. He's put it in our hearts. Matthew 5, 15 in the message says this. It says, if I make you light bearers, you don't don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Come on, man, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I don't have much to offer, man. I just got this little light. Let it shine. That was Sunday school people knew that one. Only people that understood that was Sunday school people. Listen, I don't have much. Let it shine. Let it shine. We can, we can read mixed version. Let it shine. Come on. Let that thing shine for Jesus. Come on. You have, this week, guys, oh, I, keep, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I hope I can get on y'all's nerves enough to get you to grab them back cars, call somebody, answer. I hope I'm getting on your nerves enough because we have the opportunity to be like this week and next week more than ever before. I'm telling you, we have it. There's people's looking. I don't care if they come and just cause us Easter. I want them here. I want them to hear the gospel. I want them to hear about Jesus, man. He'll change their life, not us, but he will. What were some light killers? What were some light killers we looked at? We looked at the, the prop, uh, parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Basically, that dealt on the subject of pride. We took a pride test that day. That was the highest I've ever scored on a test. No curve needed, man. Highest I've ever scored on a test was when I, when I took that test that week, man. And we saw that God was smacking me in the teeth, telling me I need to do some things different. It's a, it's a light killer. We're called to be light to this world. And then when you walk in pride and you make it about you, it is a light killer. C.S. Lewis said, a proud man is always looking down on things and people. And, of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that's above you. Oh, amen, amen. We break pride. We come, and that's what I love, man. You guys are walking in just humility, and we're seeing God do stuff because of it. Another light killer we saw as we looked at the parable of the rich fool and the talents. A light killer is this. A light killer is when you take what he's given to you and you keep it for yourself. You want to kill something quick, make it about you. He's given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you things that he wants to use for you. He's given you finances that he wants you to use for the glory of God and for the kingdom. And, and so that Africa keeps hearing about Jesus. So that Malden keeps hearing about Jesus. He's put things in us. He's entrusted things to our care. He wants us to give it to him. And he wants us to worship with our wealth. He wants us to worship with what he's given us. He doesn't want us to worship our wealth. 
What happens a lot of times, we make the switch, man. We somehow shift this thing, and we begin to worship those things instead of the one who gave it. He's the giver. I'm telling you, I would rather have what's getting ready to happen in just a few minutes than that jackpot. Come on, I could care less about six to $140 million. I'd rather be able to put somebody in the water, bring them up. One of them's going to be my son in just a minute. Amen. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have Jesus than anything else. He's way better. That other stuff will come and go. All going to burn up one day. It's a light killer, man. Get rid of it. Don't do it. Doing pretty good. We saw that in a couple of the parables, through the prodigal son, through the barren fig tree, we got to see God as daddy. We got to, to see him as a father who loves us. We got to look into his eyes and we got to see how much he cares for us. And, and if we walked away from him, he's doing this today. He's standing there waiting on you like a good daddy. He's standing there, and this is what's really good. The son made the decision to come home, and he just wanted to kind of somehow slide back in and be a servant, but God fully restored him back to sonship. God fully brought him into the family once again. He restored him. He wrapped his arms around him. He put, he put a ring on his hand. He put a robe on his back. He, he, he put shoes on his feet. He brought him back into the family because he's a good daddy who loves us. He restored him, and it's called grace. It's called grace. It's called nothing else. And it's just simply because he's a good dad who loves us. And today, if for some reason you've stepped away, you've walked away from him, this is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. He's not up there dropping elbows on you. He's up there trying his best to get you to come back in his arms again. He loves you like a good father. We saw in the barren fig tree that we serve a God of second chances. When we should have been cut off, when we should have been cut off, when we deserved to be cut off, when we deserved hell, he gave us an opportunity to come to him once again. When we deserved to fall into a place, he loved us and gave us a second opportunity one more time. And I'm telling you, he loves us that much. Why does he do that? Because we saw in the parable of the wedding feast that a relationship with Jesus is a feast. Come on, it is a feast today. It's better than anything else you'll try or ever do. It's better than anything else you'll ever try or you'll ever do. And some of y'all try some stuff, man. Listen to me. He's better. I, I, I've heard testimony this week, man. I've tried this. I've tried that. He's better. Amen. He's good. He's a good God who loves us, man. And I, I tried my best to paint a picture of what heaven was going to be like. It is a feast. It is going to be a wedding feast. And everybody today has been given an invitation. Every person today, well, I don't know, I didn't get mine, here you go, here's your, here's your invitation today. You have the privilege because of that murdered son to be able to one day go spend a wedding feast in heaven forever with God. You have that privilege today. Here's the deal, you go RSVP or not, man. You're going to make your, your, yourself ready. He does that through us. And um, we saw, and then why it was so important because of the message last week on the wheat and the tear, there will be a time when he separates the two. There will be a time when he takes the believer into his kingdom. There will be a time where he takes those who reject and don't attend the wedding feast and don't accept that murder son's gift and he sends them away to hell. It's just true, man. It's just how it is, just the word of God. But he loves us. We saw, and I'm going to finish with these, and I want the worship team to get ready. Come on up. We saw that. 
the lost sheep and the lost coin that he's a good shepherd. He's a good God. And this is why he is that for us, because some of us have wondered. We've wandered away. We've, we've walked away. We, we've, we've moved on. But listen to me today. He's a good shepherd. He said he'd do this. He'd leave 99 to come get you. This morning, he'll use things. He'll do things. I believe today he has brought you. He has been a shepherd that has been pursuing you. He has been chasing after you. And my desire is this, pursue him on the same level he pursues me. I want to go after him in that way and in that light. And I believe today because of God's grace, because of what he's done for us, he's a good shepherd who did this when you deserve to be cut off. He loved you all the time.